The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Next, James and Ravi gather Christian leaders to discuss today's complacency among believers and the urgent need to act. And hopefully we will see a better day and a better future for the sake of our little ones whom we need to raise with the confidence that they are loved and they belong and they are cared for and their country is going to be safe because of a mom and dad who love them and love God more than anything else. Welcome to Life Today. Betty and I consider it an honor to share this time with you. We have been bringing together and bringing and presenting to you over the last few days the heartfelt concern and I believe the love of God expressed through some of the most respected church leaders in America. Many of them lead the largest Christian denominations. They truly have a shepherd's heart. But these people with diverse backgrounds, distinctive differences in some areas, however, have come together in supernatural unity, the kind of unity that it's going to take to see our nation healed. You're going to be blessed as you listen. You're going to be praying, and you're going to participate prayerfully in making the wisest choices possible based on biblical principles, unshakable foundational truth. Be blessed. Today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity. Every single day I repeat that to myself. Today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity. Second, you are what you tolerate. We are what we tolerate. There are things that we've tolerated as a church that we should have rebuked a long time ago. Number three, there is no such animal as comfortable Christianity. Number four, truth must never be sacrificed on the altar of political, cultural, or sexual expediency. And number five, if there's anything the Holy Spirit is telling me for my life and wherever I go to share is Samuel, be holy, be one, and be light. Because every single time light stands next to darkness, light will always win. That's all. Thank you. Amen. As I've listened to these prophets, I've, I've thought about a prophet that uh, has meant so much to our country, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and as great as his speech was at the Lincoln Memorial, I believe his greatest utterance was the letter from the Birmingham jail. Uh, every, every American student ought to have to read that letter before they graduate from high school. And in that letter, he challenged the white establishment. And he said that Christianity is at its best when it's a thermostat setting the moral temperature of society, not a thermometer merely reflecting it. And I think that we have to confess that we've too often allowed ourselves to be thermometers rather than thermostats, and our country has never needed us more to be the thermostat setting the spiritual temperature in our, in our cities, in our state, and in our country, and around the world. Because, you know, there's a lot more at stake here than just the United States. Um, if America withdraws from the world, really bad people are going to continue to get up to really bad things against the most vulnerable people. 
Um, imagine what would happen in the Metroplex if all the police if all the police went on strike. Well, when America withdraws from the world, it's like the police going on strike. I mean, we don't like that. Americans don't like that, but it's the truth. It's the truth. Up until a few years ago, if really bad people wanted to cut off the heads of Christians, if they wanted to kidnap little girls and sell them into sexual slavery, they had to ask themselves a question. If we do this, will the Americans come? They don't have to ask themselves that question anymore. One day... One thing I sense, and I think we really have to, we really have to be focusing our prayers with understanding here. We're never, we must never cease to be the ambassadors and witnesses for Christ. We're here on a divine assignment. We're not here waiting to get out of Dodge or escape. We are here on a divine assignment. We lose our life in kingdom purpose and therein we find it. If we fail to lose it in kingdom purpose, we never really find it. We just have an existence. So regardless of who wins, we're going to stand. Now here, here's what I see. You can call it a prediction or whatever. If, we, if the American people choose to continue with what appears to be business as usual, then the consequences of our choices, not just for the choices made now, but the choices we've been making, the casting aside of truth, changing truth into a lie, worshiping the created rather than the creator, being controlled by our appetites, given over to control by unnatural against nature's law, nature's God, controlled by that until they burn in lust one for the other, totally against nature, not only against biblical truth, but nature. And then we are so depraved that we're given over to a reprobate mind. Good and evil, can't even distinguish the two, right and wrong, light and darkness. But as I said earlier today, at the last of that chapter, it says you're giving hearty approval to those who do that. That means you have either voted it in or allowed it to be the law of the land. When God spoke to me when I was unable to attend the Colson meeting that you asked me to attend because I had hip replacement and then got staff. When you wrote the Manhattan Declaration, that was absolutely powerful, but it has never penetrated the thinking of the American people. And you remember how concerned you were. And we've actually shifted in high gear since that time because we've not taken the very action we just heard about. Here, here's what I want you to see. While I was laying there in the hospital and got staff infection, too weak to pick up a cup of water. My wife had to give me water. God took me to Joel. Now, I just want you to listen to this. You don't, I didn't bring you in here to hear me preach, but I, I would suggest you look at this and consider preaching it to your congregation. And, and just, just, you, you remember what it's Joel 2. That's good enough for now. You, you'll find them. When the locusts came and consumed all of the land and the, all of the benefit, all of the fruitfulness of the land, consumed everything, it, it didn't leave anything. Every variety came to strip, to destroy. I want you to look at this mighty army of judgment. It's darkness and gloom, clouds and thick darkness. As dawn is spread over the mountains, so there's a great and mighty people. I thought we were talking about locusts. 
There's a great and mighty people. There's never been anything like it, nor will there be anything again like it to the years of many generations. This doesn't just happen all the time, but it happens. A fire consumes before them and behind them a flame burns. The land is like the garden of Eden before them, but a desolate wilderness behind them and nothing at all escapes them. Their appearance is like the appearance of horses. I thought we were talking locusts. A noise of chariots, they leap on the tops of the mountains like the crackling of flame of fire, consuming the stubble like a mighty people arranged for battle. Before them, the people are in anguish and the faces turn pale. They run like mighty men. They climb the wall like soldiers. They, now watch this. They march in line. They do not deviate from their paths. They burst through the defenses. They break through the ranks, but they don't break ranks. They rush on the city. They run on the wall. They climb into houses. They enter through the windows like a thief. Before them, the earthquakes, the heavens tremble. The sun and the moon grow dark. The stars lose their brightness. The Lord utters his voice before his army. This army is judgment. And it is supernatural power manifesting in the wrath of God for the consequences of our rotten choices. And it is what we are seeing and witnessing and sadly too frequently approving or allowing it to not only be approved, but promoted. We're seeing it. It's beyond anything we could ever imagine. We have a supernatural problem, a supernatural enemy that's a deceiver who divides and destroys. And that crowd walks in rank. They don't break rank. The most odd fellows on the planet come together in supernatural unity to destroy the prosperity and benefit and blessing that God intended for his overseers of God's garden. It's not the Garden of Eden. It's the whole world. It's your family. It's this cultivated field that we let God grow fruit in. It starts with our life, our body. And then everyone we influence in our family and our neighbors in Jerusalem and Samaria and Judea and the ends of the earth. We're here as overseers of the entire garden, the world that God gave us to oversee. Not to use monetary standards of measure, but to just allow God to use the blessings that he's poured out upon us through freedom and giftedness to become very productive in order that we can be a people and nation who bless the nations of the world. Uh, as my closing thought, I'll just, you know, I've heard so many talk about the place of a child, our children, our grandchildren. I've often made the comment that the ultimate test of any civilization is what we do with our children. And when you go back to the time of uh, Manasseh and Josiah, you see why that statement can be made. But it's also what the Lord tells us about children, that out of the mouths of infants and babes, he has ordained praise. Uh, it's a remarkable thing what we can learn from a child if we just listen to them. As G.K. Chesterton said, he learned more from observing a nursery than he ever did in his philosophy lectures. I have a five-year-old grandson. His name is Jude. He has a phenomenal vocabulary. I don't know where he comes up with some of his words. But when he was just about three and a half years old, my, my daughter, Naomi, his mother was, had lost her car keys in the house and couldn't find them. She stopped, slapped her forehead and said, I must be losing my mind. And little Jude comes and stands in front of her and says, Mommy, whatever you do, please don't ever lose your heart because I'm in there. Hmm. 
When a little guy like that can get the attention of his mother, and I watch him so carefully, how he relates and the things he says, they just spent the weekend with us, and I'm worn out from just that, taking care of three little ones. But I go back many years ago to a 12-year-old girl, the present Queen Elizabeth. Her father, 1939, December of 1939, was facing the ominous reality of what was looming over the world. And he had a stuttering problem, as you know. And he was going to speak to the world. And he went to the microphone, and before he got there, his, I think she was only 10, handed him a piece of paper. And what she had given him on that piece of paper became the most famous lines of his speech. When he spoke to the world and said, I said to the man at the gate of the year, give me a light that I may walk safely into the unknown. And he said to me, go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God and it shall be to you better than the light and safer than the known. I said to the man at the gate of the year, give me a light that I may walk safely into the unknown. And he said to me, go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God and it shall be to you better than the light and safer than the known. A 10 year old gal found that quote and gave it to the father who then calmed the whole world and very few people remember anything else about that speech. They just remember those lines. And so with you as my brothers and sisters, the question I'm pondering in my mind here with all that I'm hearing and what you've done is the most important thing in my life or anybody else's life, I think. You have inspired me. You have inspired me. Inspiration is a component that is so conspicuous by its absence in life. We need to be inspired. So the question I'm asking myself here is, how do I teach those whom I meet to put their hand into the hand of God so that it shall be for them better than the light and safer than the known? And so the challenge I give to you is, whether you're on the pulpit or in the business world, uh, wherever you are, you've got your orb of influence. Find a way to impart to your people how to put their hand into the hand of God, and it'll be to them better than the light and safer than the known. In my own life, I know of no better way than starting my day on my knees in my prayer bench in the basement with the Psalms open before me for just for lyrical worship, the Word of God, and on my knees in prayer. If we can get our people on their knees in prayer each day, before these elections come, I believe God will speak to them in a way that you and I really cannot do. And once he inspires and motivates them, we will see a change and we will see a difference. So maybe for myself, that's what I'm asking myself as I go away from here, how best, we have a small staff all over the globe, no more than about 150, 160 or so, and uh, about half of them in our Atlanta office. How can I inspire them to put their hand into the hand of God over these next few weeks? Because if they seek him, I have no doubt whatsoever he will give to them that which is better than the light and safer than the known. A child led her father, and the father then led the world. And out of the mouths of babes, he has ordained praise. And to me, that's the lesson that I go away with, to help people put their hand into the hand of God and he will speak to them and inspire them. And hopefully, 
we will see a better day and a better future for the sake of our little ones whom we need to raise with the confidence that they are loved and they belong and they are cared for and their country is going to be safe because of a mom and dad who love them and love God more than anything else. I know you've been blessed. Father, I just want to thank you for these men and women that came here with such a deep, heartfelt concern for our future, for our freedom, for the blessings that we've not only enjoyed, but we've been able to share. Lord, help us make wise decisions. Please heal our land. In Jesus' name. Sure do love you. We're praying for you and with you. I honestly believe this is one of the most important elections I know in the 73 years that I've been on this earth. And from the very early 60s when I first, along with Betty, began to vote. And I've seen some very important ones. I think as far as the future of freedom, starting with religious freedom, with the family, with financial stability and security, I think that's most important. And nobody can opt out. I know you won't. You know, when we show our viewers a need that love can address effectively, can actually be the miracle answer to. You respond. Well, listen, we can get a miracle answer to the prayers in behalf of our country and our future. Because when the fervent prayers of righteous people go forth, God hears. And I don't believe there are any people any more righteous than those who are loving God and loving their neighbor. And what we do here in life today together, you I'm talking about, you have a love for God and you love your neighbor so much that you reach out and say, I'm going to bless them. Well, right now, we're about to give some gifts for Christmas because of the greatest gift, Jesus. We're going to give some shoes that you can put on precious feet where many of them have never had shoes and they're getting diseases. And we're able to give thousands of little children Christmas shoes and Christmas smiles because you choose to do it. You choose to express the love of God. I want you to watch closely and just see if you don't want to be the one that gives these precious ones the opportunity to rejoice because of love. Watch. You know, we want to give children like these beautiful children shoes, children all over the world. There goes another one. We want to give them shoes. You know what Jesus said? Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not. You know what? We're the, we are the representative of Christ. We're his body. We're his family. And we can share his love. We love these little children. We're going to give these little children shoes. Look at these beautiful little feet. They have nothing, really, <laughs> you know, but they love, they can still play. They can still have fun. They're children. And, and I think that's what they, they're supposed to be instead of having to worried about walking around without any shoes where they step on stuff, hurt their feet, and also get disease through that too. Maybe they just tough it out and they play. But we found out right here in this area that hookworms get in the skin, maybe where they've got a little tear in the skin, get in the bloodstream, ultimately into the intestines, and cause very serious disease and sometimes death. This, look here, this boy's had a blowout in his tennis shoe. He has played so hard and gotten so dirty. You need to wash your shirt, man. 
any great to see the kids. They want to have fun. And we're going to love them with your help. We're going to give them good new shoes. We, not me, all of us together. Let's put shoes on all these beautiful children's beautiful feet. It'll just be such a wonderful gift to make at this time. And I hope you'll do all you can. Just give as many pairs as you can to bless as many children and their families as you can. How you like that? I love it. You know, I love to see children playing <laughs> and happy. And, and that's what children are supposed to do. You know, James, they're going to play. They don't have to have a lot to play. You give them sticks, anything, they can make a game out of it. They want to have fun. But when they're walking around on all the stuff that's on the ground that can cut their precious little feet, just bruise their little toes and, and cause infection that they can't do anything about, I know it would please their mothers if they had some shoes on their feet so she didn't have to worry about their little feet getting cut and diseased like so many of them do. I just loved watching those kids. I love watching that little girl dance yeah, like she was. was. See, that's about how I dance. I can probably <laughs> dance with that little, little girl. And in the very first part, you saw me holding a little girl and the little boy ran right in front of me. There goes another one. The thing that I think is so wonderful is there's just such a love God puts in your heart for these precious little ones. I mean, suffer the little ones to come unto me. Forbid them not. Of such is the kingdom of God. You can't love them, you got a real problem. And I know you do. But Betty, that little girl that was sitting in my lap there, I had seen her. And she was a, a, a sweet little girl, very shy. And I just kind of watched her walking around. And I sat down and I saw her in the distance. And literally sitting there, I prayed, God, I wish that little girl would come over here and just let me hold her and love her. And I'm telling you, I prayed her right there into my arms. And, and you know why? You know why that little girl was comfortable? Because she was in the arms of love. And it's God's love. It's a love I never felt from my own father. I, I didn't have a father, but I have the Father. And the Father's love fills my heart literally to overflowing. I love you. And why we share wonderful stories and help and testimonies is to show you how great God is and ordinary people, but in extraordinary ways, that he can do anything with any vessel that's yielded. So we not only love these children who are thirsty or hungry or need shoes, we love you, which is why we come. But we also find that one of the greatest things we can do, and Betty, I know people, I think they realize this, one of the greatest things we can do is to give you an opportunity to be the hands of Jesus or to do it to the least of these, Jesus said, if you do it to the least of these who are overlooked, you've done it to me. If you ever wanted to bless Jesus directly, just do something for the overlooked. That's what we're doing now. We're going to give shoes and smiles for Christmas. Right now, I'm praying that we will have an overwhelming response. I'm praying for a miracle response for cleft palate surgeries. Medical doctors do them for $500, that's the average. It's a very reduced rate because they've got a missionary heart. $1,000, two surgeries for smiles. And then we're gonna give as many shoes, thousands of them, to as many children as we possibly can. $36, think about that. 10 children, shoes for Christmas. $180, 50 children. There is some level at which you can participate. There is no gift too small. 
there may even be some of you who say, you know what, during this special Thanksgiving season coming up, looking toward Christmas, I can go ahead and give a year-end gift right now. And you may send a very large gift, I promise you. It'll be used to share the love of God. Would you help pay for smiles, shoes? We want to send you some beautiful Christmas decor. The beautiful little Christmas shoes that we have literally created every year and designed for you. Now we have six of them. They come like a Christmas tree if you make that gift to provide 50 pairs of shoes. The beautiful bronze majesty, if you'll help give those smiles. $1,000 gives two. Would you go to lifetoday.org right now? Would you go online, take your bank card, prayerfully make the best gift you can? Thank you. If you want to dial the number for prayer or right now to help, to be an answer to prayer, dial the number, take your bank card, make the best gift you can. If you write a check, make it to life. But call us. Tell us you're putting it in the mail. We need to know. Poverty is a killer. And because of it, children needlessly suffer, not only from a lack of food and clean water, but also from a lack of things we take for granted, such as a healthy smile or a simple pair of shoes. For most of these children, they've never owned a new pair of shoes. And while that may seem minor in the light of all their needs, walking with bare feet puts them at risk of life-threatening infections that could lead to crippling consequences, disease, and even death. By responding today, you can help life immediately secure and begin shipping Christmas shoes to 150,000 children around the world, just in time for the holidays. Your gift of $36 will help provide 10 pairs of shoes. A gift of $72 will help provide 20 pair. And a gift of $180 will help provide 50 pairs of Christmas shoes for children in need. With your gift of any amount, be sure to request this beautifully crafted blue metal shoe ornament, a treasure to place on your tree each holiday season. With your gift of $180 or more, you may also request this keepsake boxed set of life's Christmas shoe ornaments. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,000 or more to help provide over 275 pairs of shoes or two children with corrective cleft palate surgeries, and you may request our Majesty Bronze Sculpture. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. Well, Betty and I want to say thanks. I hope you give us an opportunity to uh, send this beautiful gift. I mean, just the box itself, the way this is presented. I mean, you talk about a, a really nice gift to receive. And when you open it up and you see all of the six uh, little shoes, it's Christmas decor. A lot of people who walk in and see your Christmas decor, they're going to talk about this. You get to tell them how they can share shoes and smiles as a love gift. Thank you so much for watching. Are you praying about the election? Are you praying for God to give us a miracle awakening? Transforming power? God can change anybody. And there's some changes that need to be made that only He can make. Don't opt out. Pray. Participate. Vote. Vote prayerfully. God bless you and thanks for watching.
This is not a time for political correctness. This is a time for biblical correctness. Using the power of the gospel to transform our culture. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.